Hello. God is good. And all the time. We just want to come together to affirm the goodness of the Lord. Irrespective of what circumstances we are in at this moment, God is good. And all the time He's good. And we as His people will always reaffirm that God is good all the time. And this uh, morning sermon, okay. let me get the slides. It's about lamentation. Lamentation. Lamentation in the time of a pandemic. Okay. We want to affirm that God is good. But also have to affirm that we are in a time of lamentation. That we are lamenting. Because we are all stuck in the house. We can't go out. We can't do what we normally do. And we can't get together to worship God together, side by side, face to face. But nevertheless, we must be thankful that we can worship the Lord, even though we are apart. We lament because we lost something. Lamentation is actually a grief reaction. If we lose something very important, we go into lamentation, which is similar to the process of grief. As we grieve for something, we lament. And we are in a time of lamentation. We are in a time of lamentation because suddenly, all that we have known, the world that we have known in 2019, even up to November 2019, the world that we thought would last forever, where all the things are, I think the technology, technical advances are moving so fast that we thought that, yeah, maybe we have achieved some sort of stability. We have achieved some sort of utopia. And suddenly, one tiny little virus not even a full strand of, of a DNA, but just an RNA. Put to the stop our whole civilization. The world that we know it, we knew it. The world that we are familiar with, the world we are happy with, collapsed suddenly. Over a period of one or two months, the world of, that we know it unraveled, collapsed like a house of cards. Things that we take for granted, like going out anytime we want. Things we get granted that we can uh, greet each other by a hand, simple handshake. That we can gather together. You know, maybe go shopping, uh, go to the mall, have a dinner in a restaurant, watch a movie, gather together as a church church service, cell groups, have all been taken away from us. And we're all stuck in our own country, in our own homes, 
right? Prisoners. That's why we are in lamentation. Whether we are aware of it or not, we are lamenting, we are longing for what has been. We are longing for the past. And usually you find that in the worst history, always a pandemic brings about a change in society. Like the Black Plague, which killed about one third of the population, or rather two thirds of the population in Europe. What about the formation of modern Europe as we know it? But if we look at Jeremiah, okay, this morning we're going to talk about Jeremiah, the Lamentations and the God of Jeremiah. And I'm sure that uh, you know about Jeremiah, and this is one of the uh, one of my favorite paintings. There are quite a number of uh, paintings that I like from Rembrandt. The prophet Jeremiah mourning over the destruction of Jerusalem. Okay, it's one of the early work of uh, Rembrandt. And Rembrandt is one of my favorite artists because of the way he played with light and darkness. You can see that there's the light, there's light coming on one side, you know, highlighting his. And then you see that the, the part of it is in shadow. And the light and shadow emphasize the point that he's going to make. I went to Amsterdam in 2006, which was the 400th anniversary of Rembrandt's birth. I went to see his painting in the Rijksmuseum Museum in Amsterdam for art and history. And I was captivated. And sitting at the base of a large column, I see Jeremiah sitting there, moaning on the background. Jerusalem burns. So that is the lamentation. That you can see that there are certain parts of the painting that shows us certain important things. Jeremiah actually uh, ministered under several rulers. Josiah, which was uh, Judah's last godly king. Jehoiakim, which is ungodly, he burned the scripture. To a king, a 90 day wonder judged by God. Zedekiah, Judah's last king, then Nebuchadnezzar, who conquered Jerusalem, the whole of Judah, and destroyed Jerusalem. Gedaliah and Jehoshaphat. So there are, Jer Jeremiah is a weeping prophet because none of them, except for Josiah, actually listened to him. He was considered an untrustworthy, a false prophet. And we find that Jeremiah attributes the destruction of Jerusalem and Judah as God's judgment on the Israelites, the Judeans, because of ungodly kings. Because of false prophets, priests and wise men, who tell the people, don't worry, God is in the temple. As long as the temple here, nobody can hurt you. So peace, peace, peace. But there was no peace. 
And more so is because the people have turned to the worship of Baal, turned away from the worship of one true God, and they refused to listen to God. And because of that, God visited his judgment on Jerusalem through King Nebuchadnezzar, who destroyed the whole city. So if you look at the book of Jeremiah and the book of Lamentation, which is actually both of them supposed to be written by Jeremiah himself, is the book of Jeremiah is looking ahead. It's be written before the fall of Jerusalem. So there were a lot of warnings that God says, if you do not listen to what I'm going to say to you, if you do not repent, I will punish you. And then the fall of Jerusalem. And the book of Lamentation was written. It's looking back. It's a time of mourning. A time of wishing that people have listened to God. A time of, of wishing that things will be like before. So you see that the fall of Jerusalem was actually terrible. In 586 BC, they were, the Babylonians were very uh, harsh. They slaughtered the kings, the princes, elders, priests, prophets, and people. And the siege was so bad that even mothers are reduced to cannibalism, eating their children. And Judah's people are dragged into exile. And all the ceremony and worship rituals come to an end because the temple was destroyed. So there was no more temple and no more worship. And can you imagine that it, uh, if the people whose whole existence revolve around the temple rituals and the temple was taken away? What God is this? Even the God cannot save us. Can we trust in just a God? The whole nation was destroyed. And you see here, the Jeremiah, this is what Rembrandt was trying to tell us. The Jeremiah, can you see the Jeremiah? Sad, depressed. Even though it's not his fault, he tried to warn the people, but they didn't listen. And you can see that this one, uh, this arrow, this book is, well, scholars believe that Rembrandt actually wrote, this was a book of Jeremiah, that he was actually resting on the copy of his book, Jeremiah's book. And here, you can see the, the golden uh, goblets and uh, articles that he rescued from the temple. Okay, and then here, you can see that that is the whale that separates the holy of holies from the rest of the temple. So all these things that you know, Jeremiah has rescued from the temple in Jerusalem. And over here you can see that the burning <coughs> of <coughs> Jerusalem. Okay, and uh, you can see actually a man here, King Hezekiah, during when he was captured, Nebuchadnezzar killed his son in front of him. And then after that, watch out his eyes, so that the last thing he see on earth 
was the death of his son, of his children. So you can see the sad Jeremiah, a person in lamentation, a person in mourning, a person who's wondering, why? Why is this happening now? And you see that Hezekiah, okay, the burning of the temple, the burning of Jerusalem. And you can see the articles, and then this is a book, book of Jeremiah. Okay, and you can see the will in the temple. So if you look at the book of uh, the Lamentation, yes, actually there are five chapters, and it is like a fan. You can actually close it together with Lamentation 1 and 5, 2 and 3, and the middle <coughs> is the <coughs> tree. So chapter 1 talks about Jerusalem's desolation. Okay. No longer is God warning them they have been destroyed. To explain why is God's judgment. Chapter 3 talks about Jeremiah's response. And then parallel to that is God's judgment because of God's anger and Jerusalem's desolation and the remnant's response. So it's a, actually a, a very sad book to read. A very horrifying book to read. A book without hope. A book of a people under judgment where all the things they value have been taken away from them. They are desolate. They are downtrodden. They are depressed. And yet you find that right in the middle of the book of Lamentation. Lamentation chapter 3, verse 21 to 25. You have this verse, which is the text for today. Chapter 3, 21 says, Yet this I call to mind. Okay. It means chapter 1 and 2. Yet this I call to mind. Jeremiah was saying. Okay, chapter 3 was Jeremiah's response. You know, all these things, uh, all the destruction of Jerusalem and God's anger and God's salvation, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. In the darkness, in this hopelessness, in this lamentation, Jeremiah says, This I call to mind, therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And I say to myself, The Lord is my portion. And therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good for those whose hope is in him. To the one who seeks him. And you see that, you know, even in his lamentation, in his sadness, he recalls attributes of God. God is a God of hope. God is a God of love. God is a faithful God. And God is a God of salvation. You know, in this time of uh, COVID-19, when we look at the world, we need this God of hope. 
God of love, God of faithfulness and salvation. Because he calls to mind and have hope. No matter how bad the situation is, no matter how scared you are, no matter how depressed you are, there is hope. Because you look at what God has done in your life. And that's why you have hope. Hope is not something, a fantasy, a wishful thinking. Hope is because God, God has done in the past and he will do again in the present and what he will do in the future. Things that are for our good according to his perfect plan. Because of God's great love, we are not consumed and for his compassion never fails. So no matter how dark the limitation is and how great our sorrow God's love holds and we will not, his compassion will not fail. God will always be there for us. Because the God of faithfulness and new every morning, great is your faithfulness. We sing this song, great is thy faithfulness. Now is the time to believe what we sing. For every day is a new start. Every morning, God shows to us his faithfulness. Do so we have eyes to see that? And says, The Lord is my portion. I will wait for him. Whose hope is in him who seeks him. I think in this time, this is the time of waiting. This is a time of hoping in God and seeking him. I think it's so important for us to do that. To wait patiently, to be hopeful, and to seek God. So much so that, you know, uh, he's quoting Ger uh, King David in the Psalms. Psalm 16. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my God, my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good things. As for the stains who are in the land, they are the glorious one in whom is all my delight. Notice that this is the call to mind, to hope, that we are to hang on to God and to wait and to hope. The sorrows of those who increase who run after other gods. I will not pour up their libation of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And I always think that and believe that God has our good in mind. As he told in the song, uh, David says, He has assigned me my portion and my cup. That means we have our big role to play. We have our measures of good, happiness, and also of suffering. But you have made our lot secure. That means we are fixed. We are safe. We are secure. 
we will never get lost for the boundary lines that God has actually draw the boundaries of what will happen to us because we have a delightful inheritance. So it's weight, hope, seek and salvation. I will praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. So let's praise the Lord and praise Him for His faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Because here, His faithfulness is new every month. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made me known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right. So we have a secure future with God in the new heavens and earth. Even though at this moment things are not that great, but we know that love is, is, love is not consumed. His anger never is not consumed. Holds back. So he will never destroy us, never fail us. So, what are some of the lessons of us in this difficult time of the COVID 19 pandemic? In the MCO, okay, the difficult times in the MCO and the post MCO. I think the world has changed. We will never be the same again. So even if there is the lifting of the MCO and or, or partial lifting, right? I think that the post-MCO period will be totally different. We will never be the same again. The virus will always be with us. We want to show whether we will ever get a vaccine because this is a very uh, a cunning virus. This is the cousin of SARS. So maybe we will always have to wear masks and uh, social distancing, washing hands and feet for many, many years to come. And then when the post-MCO, you find that many businesses will have failed. Many businesses will be bankrupt. And many people will be out of work. So there will be widespread depression economy, there'll be people in dire straits, and there'll be more crime. So that is a difficult time. How about our education? Will we go back to the old ways or we adopt more online? And how do we have 30, 50, 60 children in one class? and practice social distancing. And how about our church services? Do not think that the moment the MCOs is lifted, you can go back, we can meet together. I suspect we will be uh, watching videos online, having online sermons for a while. So let's make the best of the situation that uh, 
because we have a God of hope, a God of love, a God of faithfulness, and a God of salvation. So we see that justice and love comes together in our holy God in the perfect balance. The unfailing love of God goes beyond judgment to a new life because He's a God of hope, love, faithfulness, and salvation. So in this time of lamentation, in this time of lamentation in the great pandemic of our life, always remember that great is His faithfulness. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you. Thank you for reminding us that even though in this time of lamentation, in this time of loss, in this time of grief, you are here with us and you offer us hope. You offer us love. And during the difficult year, days and months and years ahead, you are still the same. And you still offer us hope and love and compassion. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.